Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales. You're now experiencing the AJ Nashville Podcast. Real people, real problems, real success stories. Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com. Here with my friends today. We've actually got a pretty full house, uh, which is rare for the people on the podcast. We've got three of my other buddies here, Mr. Johnny Fowler. Senior Vice President, Hancock Mortgage Partners, opened opened up thousands of branches throughout your years, correct? Correct, correct, since 1998. 1998. That was one year before I graduated from high school. Anyways, <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Diane, Joe Quillen, Joe. Joaquin. Joaquin. Hey, I was close. There's a J in there, right? I'll, I'll still answer. Right. So, well, and I'm only, is it Hispanic or what is it? Uh, Hawaiian, Filipino. So the J is not silent. It is silent. Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get confused. The British Mexican portion of me, <laughs> I can never make sense of it. And then we have witness. Will the witness protection program allow me to say your name? <laughs> Mike Smith. Mike Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Smith. Is that a black van pulling up outside? <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> we got Greg Peckman, uh, branch manager, Hancock Mortgage Partners, out here in Johnson City, covers East Tennessee. Excellent guy to know if you're looking for a a mortgage out here in this area. You actually just did a class today. It was awesome. Kicked ass. I learned a lot. Even though you and I are in the same sphere and you teach a lot, uh, obviously to the other branch managers at Hancock, there was a ton that I absorbed from it as well. So thank you for that. Cool. Thank you. Um, Some of the things we want to cover today because of the type of group we have here, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Johnny, you've opened up thousands of branches. Yes, sir. Uh, Diane, you've, you've helped bring new people on. Greg, you've slow to hire, quick to fire. Mm-hmm. Is that that's the motto? Okay. So I want to ask Johnny a couple quick questions. One of the things I want to know: loan officers are not consistently, but good loan officers are hard to find. For one, I believe. Uh, for two, when loan officers do decide to move, it seems like there's always a move and then another immediate move before they find the place they want to go. Um, so let me ask you this. Top three things. Let's say you, 20 years ago, if you had the knowledge you had today, what are the top three things you would look for in a mortgage company before you made a move? If I was a loan officer, the perspective? Correct. So one of the things that I see that's a mistake uh, that would be number one is loan officers falling for the uh, the uh, bullshit of um, uh, the shiny bling bling thing. Loan officers fall for this all the time. You can watch them. You can look at their NMLS record and see that they have fallen for this company because it has, uh, maybe it's illegal MSAs. Maybe it's got something that that cannot cannot last, something that, that shouldn't be out there. I, I want to say number one is, is loan officers falling for things that they truly know better. Right. They know it's not a long-term solution. Uh, that would be number one. I think number two is loan officers not knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. 
one of the biggest issues is is a loan officer, and, and you've seen it like I've seen it, that have uh, on their business cards or on the sign on the side of their truck that uh, specialize in FHA, VA, jumbos, down payment assistance, 203Ks, you know, everything under the sun. So um, one of the, the biggest things is loan officers not knowing who you are. Um, if I can only give the third one, it's loan officers falling for what they think is um, the correct or the, the proper compensation for what they do. So what I mean by that, if, uh, if somebody is offering you, let's say, I don't know, 200 bips uh, to go to work there, well, it, it sounds like it's a great comp plan, but what else comes with it? Right. So are the turn times 60 days? Uh, are you uh, relying on some other investor to underwrite your loans? Uh, are your products limited? Does it even match who you are as a loan officer? Is it something that makes sense or not? Right. You know, there's a lot of times that you can see. To me, it, all that really matters is, one, can I help my customers? And two, what's the end of the year look like? So it doesn't matter if you're making 200 bips and you can't close with two loans a month, right. or if you're making 150 bips and can close everything in 13 days mm -hmm. and get it down packed. So if I could only pick three, it would be those three. Loan officers uh, not knowing who they are, loan officers falling for things that really um, uh, aren't there and shouldn't be sold, and uh, not knowing exactly what they should uh price themselves out in the market. Right. And I think from a branch manager standpoint, I know you see this, Greg, I see this as well. If you're paying somebody 200 bips, there's not a lot of extra room for the apps that are necessary to help make their, their job easier, the CRMs, the lead database, all that stuff, because you're losing more than half of your revenue half the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and obviously that's not something you can do and sustain from a business standpoint. I think a lot of times we see the, the shiny you know, flashy, hey, check this out, but at some point, something's got to give. Yeah. Um, now, Diane, you're out pounding the streets, looking for great loan officers. Once again, great loan officers are hard to find. A lot of them, if they're doing well, they can't be pulled from where they're from because typically they're doing well because they're happy and they've got the programs. And like Johnny says, they know what they represent. Like myself, I do a lot of VA deals. I know that VA is my client, so I, I have found a company that works very well with VA. Um, Greg, I know you have your own personal um, kind of view of where or direction that you want to go with your business. Diane, what is something, a typical question that you would hear from multiple LOs, the, the one question that kind of rings in your head every time that it's not rare for you to hear from LOs? What's name one? <laughs> the most common uh, pain point I think that most of them have is back-end support and training. They always mm -hmm. ask, what kind of training do you have? How, what's your back-end support? What's your turn right. times? Now, training, here's the thing. I think training is very different based on the person. The training Greg Peckman may desire is different than what I desire, which is different from what um, a loan officer in California may desire. So I think that's a really hard topic to cover from a company standpoint because training could be, yes, you come on board, Carolyn will help you learn LQB. But if you lack structuring alone, what is LQB going to help you out with? You know, if you know a 1003 at the back of your hand, LQB training is not going to get you to the next level. Exactly. Um, so I think that's a real generic, broad question that we're just kind of pre-exposed to say, hey, what, what's your basis points? What kind of training? How quick can I close? 
Right. Um, I mean, is that something you typically see as well, Johnny? Very much so. It's the same thing as a borrower saying, what's your rate? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Predisposed to saying, hey, what's yeah, your rate? I mean, that's that's what we're, we're trained. That's what we ask. We don't know necessarily what else to ask. Right. So it's the easiest thing, and it's that aha, gotcha moment yeah. kind of deal. Um, and usually, depending, usually when that question is asked, what kind of training do you have? Mm-hmm. You're probably not dealing with, um, and, and again, it depends on how it's asked, but you're probably not dealing with the Alex Jimenez, the Greg Peckmans, the Chad Prios, right. the Corey Rodigers, mm-hmm. that kind of class uh, of loan officer. You're probably dealing, and that's something that you, you learn recruiting over years and years, mm-hmm. is you're probably uh, talking to somebody who has that predisposed question that's already built in there. They right. don't know what else to ask. Uh, when they should be saying, how fast can you close my loans? Mm-hmm. Can you close my purchase money loans on time? What can you do to get me more business as opposed to what's your training? Right. Just, well, just the complete opposite part of that question is just like you said, if somebody comes to me, like one of the guys we just hired right now, Shannon, how can you unshackle me mm-hmm. so I can do what I do best? Exactly. Those are the people that you want. Right. You don't want somebody who says, hey, how, how can you, like I said, just what can you do for me? What can you do for me? I just need to stuff off of me. So I can take it to the next level. Those right. are the people that you're looking for. Johnny says this quite a bit, too. It's don't put a, a uh, cart behind, cart behind a racehorse. Race yeah. And that was one of the things that attracted me to Hancock. And by no means is this a podcast about Hancock, but it's simply about what people look for in great companies. You know, it doesn't matter if, if you're a first-time homebuyer and that's your specialty and you like bond loans, Hancock isn't for you. But there is a company that is out there that is for you. But one of the things that always stuck is don't put a cart behind a racehorse. And it allows you to do the things you do best. Uh, one thing I find interesting that you talk about quite a bit, Greg, is slow to hire, quick to fire. Mm-hmm. So you typically identify what we consider in this industry a cancer before it turns into something major and huge and causes disruption within your office, it sounds like, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I made all the mistakes before. Mm-hmm. I made, I hired all the wrong people. Right. You just want to put numbers in the, in the office, put the warm bodies in there. It was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So after tearing it down, we had, I think at one point, 12, 13 people on the team, tore it all down and started from scratch. Right. So kind of the, the qualities that we look for now, and we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on a video with Johnny, was uh, we look for somebody with high integrity, mm-hmm. okay? What that comes along with is loyalty and, and everything else that, that we're looking for. Right. They have to have that. If they don't have that, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. I mean, you can have the best loan officer out there, but if he's a shyster and going to tear down the team, it's just going to be a cancer. Yes. Right. So that's the first thing. And then what we look for underneath that is being hungry, be mm-hmm. hungry to do business, being humble to be coached, not somebody that says, I know it all, know it all, and so forth, and then being smart with people. If they're smart with people... Not just smart, but smart with people know how to handle situations. We talked about something that came up today. You know, it could be on a loan. Who knows? You mm-hmm. know, you know how do you handle the realtors? How do you handle the title company? How do you handle internal and stuff? So being smart with people, that's the third thing that we look for. Right. So when you get those criteria, it really narrows that funnel way down. Mm-hmm. And we take our time. Like right now, we're looking for a loan partner, one it's called. And so they've got to jump through. I mean, I'm having them jump through three or four steps before they even come in the office for an interview. Right. And then when they come in the office, they're going to be two or three interviews. So that's just from making mistakes. We had somebody we brought on uh, a few months ago. We had to let go after two weeks because we knew right off the bat it wasn't the right person. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on it, we took the shortcut and we didn't make them go through all those steps. So right. definitely take your time. And I think that's something that I've been through myself is you know you hire somebody on the surface everything looks great everything like you said is shiny and then you pick it up and it's really 
something completely different underneath. You know, it's like picking up a rock in, in the front yard. It looks great. You go pick it up. There's spiders, worms, everything else underneath of it. There's stuff you didn't recognize. And the reason why we get that is because we don't vet the people enough. And what it sounds like to me is you've really taken the extra steps to vet your loan officer. Ultimately, it's money out of your pocket. The hiring process, most loan officers don't get. The hiring process itself, the license transferring, the leads, the insurance, you're talking about five to $7,000 in the first 30 days of bringing on somebody new. People that jump around from this company to this company to this company to this company don't realize you are costing an employer an extreme amount of money and even more time. So not only is it important for you as a loan officer and your, your reputation, because I can't tell you how many times I've seen a loan officer comment somewhere, and the first thing I do, because I'm prideful, is I'll go look at their NMLS record. And then I'll come back and I'll be like, this is coming from a person that's been in four companies in the past six months, you know, <laughs> which is comical to me. Yeah. It could have been that that person made three bad decisions and they're on their fourth and that was their good decision. But that's the responsibility is not only the loan officer, but the branch manager to make a decision on what we consider a fit and not a fit. Johnny, you make a comment every now and then that if you took Greg Peckman out of this office and sent him up to Michigan and put him in uh, Corey's office... The office would run pretty much the same, minus a couple little differences. The office would then open up at 2 o'clock in the morning instead of, <laughs> you know. For those of you that don't know, Greg is usually waking up and getting the day started before most of us when we were in college would get home from the bar. So, <laughs> but it's a great feature because what I do know with that system, especially because I was up at 449 this morning as well, what I do know is that gives him plenty of time to get the day established, get it started before the, the disruptions at 8, 9 o'clock start hitting. So, obviously, that's one of your great strengths. Mm -hmm. Now, you taught a class today, and there was an amazing attendance there. That, that room was packed. Parking spaces were limited. Uh, you had some pretty high-end producers there. Um, which brings me to this. Looking around the room, I saw people that knew what they were doing. So clearly you're not picking up just any real estate agent out there, anybody that sells one home a year, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Is there a top, if you had to pick one of the top qualities for partners, what's mm -hmm. something that you look for in a real estate partner? Well, the same quality that we look for a loan officer. I mean, mm -hmm. somebody who's loyal and high integrity and who's got a motor, you know, who wants to really take it to the next level. Right. So it could be somebody just getting into the business. You mm -hmm. know, you eye those people and... Hey, you know, come to you. Hey, I need help. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Yes. So you want to align those people with you, just like we would for one officers or anybody, you know, a corporate or anything else. So, right. um, so that's who we kind of go after and mm -hmm. target. If people have been in the business and we kind of know their numbers and they really, hey, I'm just doing it part time. Right. My spouse is also working. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, I don't need to really push out. You know, we don't. You don't need the two deal a year person. No, and you know, a lot of times there's a lot of high drama that comes with that. So right. we kind of stay away from that stuff, you know? Uh, and what I'm hearing or what I've seen is when you find people with a good why, mm -hmm. why are you doing this? Why are you a real estate agent? Why are you a loan officer? When there's a good why, you tend to find a higher producer. Mm -hmm. um, when somebody says, my why is because my two children... One's headed off to college and I need to make sure he or she is taken care of. That's a pretty substantial why. Yeah. That lets you know the person that's on the other end of that is going to hustle and do what it takes in order to make it. Yeah. The new agent is going to be the one that gives you the loyalty because you help them grow. You help them grow. Yeah. Helping somebody grow, I think, creates a loyalty that is pretty much unbreakable. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Johnny, you, you were getting ready to say something. I apologize. No, 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 it's fine. I, I just wanted to tell Greg thank you for that because one of the things that I hear uh, constantly is um, uh, loan officers, branch managers only wanting to go after the top producing real estate agents. And, and I find that, one, it, it's, it's, a, it's a myth because every one of them are top producer if you ask them. Uh, you can do research. You can go in MTA. You can see what they really do. But I think it goes back exactly what you said uh, when you're talking about hiring loan officers, hiring assistants. It's it's integrity and the drive that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, there was 70, 80 people in the class today. Like we said, 95% of them won't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. 5% will. Uh, today, so far, I've had probably seven of the people in that class reach out and say, what can I do to become the top producer in my area? Mm-hmm. Will you help me? Can I work with you guys? Things like that. So let's say there were 70 in there, mm-hmm. and I have seven, so 10%, which is a pretty good, that's you know, that's a, that's, a good, yeah. that's a good number. But um, so with, with that, with that drive, uh, the girl who was a brand new uh, realtor, you know, I'll take her all day long and teach her and train her and make her a top producer as opposed to the uh, the guy that's been in it for 10 years that does it part-time mm-hmm. when he's not at the sporting goods store, things like that. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see it all the time. I see people just get into business and outwork other people because they just want to take it to, you know, they want to get going or they got a huge why. My why was... My wife got pregnant and yeah. quit her job. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my why get in the mortgage business. I'm like, right. I, I got to make this thing work. Yep. You know, if I don't, we got problems. That so. was the same with me. As yeah. soon as Shannon got pregnant with Rowan, my why was because if not, this child's going to suffer. Yeah. You know, because I've always had a talent where I could turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on. I could make twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollars this month and zero the next month because yeah. it was a choice. Well. As soon as Rowan was in the picture, I didn't have a choice anymore because I couldn't say, hey, you weren't good enough for me to work a full day today. So I think the why is definitely a huge driver. And like you said, a brand new agent, Mm -hmm. you're 110% correct. I've seen brand new agents out hustle 30-year vets. Yeah. You know, you'll have these people, I've been in the industry for 30 years. Well, that's cool. You closed eight deals in 30 <laughs> years. Your average is .0001. That's Tennessee math for those of you that are listening. Those aren't actual facts. They're just estimates. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that having that mentality, you only work with winners. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, most people don't realize. Greg Peckman at Hancock Mortgage Partners in Johnson City, Tennessee, hopefully the the... Um, witness protection program didn't hear all that. <laughs> but in Johnson City, Tennessee has a reputation to uphold. And if you surround yourself with people that are accomplishing the things that you believe and align yourself with, that reputation will stay untarnished. The second you hire a person that lacks the integrity or the moral compass, suddenly your reputation goes down the tubes with that. Oh, yeah. So I think selecting the proper partners is essential to the growth, not only of Greg Peckman's team, but Hancock Mortgage Partners. Yeah, I mean, it's critical. Going back to what you were saying originally, going back to loan officers, going from company to company for the shiny tool, it's amazing that they look at, hey, they got this over there. And it's the same thing for realtors, for any business, I guess. You know, I'm going to I'm going to make the jump here. I'm going to make the jump there, like you said, three or four mm-hmm. companies in three or four years. Instead of looking at your own business mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'm complaining about maybe this eighth of a rate over here, but I'm not doing anything over here to improve my business. Right. right? You know, I'm going to improve my, my database management, mm-hmm. follow-up, or anything else, but I'm going to complain about this thing, so I'm going to make a jump here, jump there, jump there. 
So I agree with you. I think it's, it's totally ridiculous when you see these people just hopping like bunnies all over the place. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, too. Once you start to believe that rates are better somewhere else, your production <laughs> slows down, yeah. and you suddenly switch gears and switch focus, now you're in a panic. And so now it's, I have to make a move. And so now you go, I, I call these people draw hoppers. The people that, hey, you know, give me $3,000 and I'll jump and I'll work for your company. And then they leave and then they go somewhere else and they get three grand here, four grand here, 10 grand there. You know, when in actuality, like you said, take a step back. Am I putting in the work that it takes in order to create the numbers that I need in order to survive? 90% of the time when you see these people move, the answer to that question is no. I myself, and I, I'm sure you have as well, and many other people listening, have been recruited relentlessly by other companies. And my response is always, I'm perfectly happy where I'm at. Thank you so much. Good luck with your search. You know, Because you know who you are. Right. You know the business that you do. Mm-hmm. You know the company that you keep. Right. You know, we all have friends. Hell, we've got, we've got friends that have worked with us at this company. Mm-hmm. Then they decided that they wanted the flashier, blingier, more expensive thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the same breath, decided that they wanted to be a broker mm-hmm. at the same time and lose complete control to where somebody else is, is taking care of them. That person doesn't know who they are. Right. That person has still not found who they are in this business. Now, I agree that you have to change. I agree that you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. But being a complete, you know, if you're a lion today and an octopus the next day, it just doesn't work. You don't know who you are. You know, it's funny, too, because when I was talking to a high-producing loan officer out mm-hmm. there, I'm not going to mention his name, and he's making a million dollars on his W-2. It's just nice. top-notch, top-notch. <laughs> and we talked about, and simple things that he put in place had nothing to do with interest rate. Nope. That right. did not come out. It came out to customer service, making the system better, how we improve, how do we find better people. It was all about what I should be doing, taking responsibility, not blaming it over here because this rate went up an eighth or something like that, they think. So it just goes to show, and that applies to any business, obviously. Right. You've know, you got to look internally and in how you can improve and get better and better every day. So, well, And you talk about rates and things like that, and what people forget about is, let's take cars, for example. People don't go out and buy a Mercedes or a BMW because they want the hefty price tag. They go out and buy it for the experience, the customer service when you pull up in the service bay and the guy comes and puts something on your seat and welcomes you and everything else, the drivability, the handling, the performance, that's why they do it. So when people discount themselves because of the rate this, rate that, you're not selling the same service. You cannot afford, let's say as a real estate agent, at 1%, you cannot afford all the bells and whistles that are going to get that home sold for top dollar like the person could at 3% mm-hmm. or the agent with a 6% agreement. You know, mm-hmm. you pay more, you get more. That's It's the fact of the matter. If you're looking for a budget deal, pick you up a rocket mortgage, you know, or something like that. Um, but to get the full service, the phone calls on the weekends, knowing your files up to date, getting the automated emails like you'd send out saying, here's where your file's at, mm-hmm. that takes money. And in order to stay in business, you have to have that money coming from somewhere, mm-hmm. and that's from being a top producing agent that's focusing on the growth and the business coming in the door. So, One thing you should hit on is, uh, as of the day of this podcast, we are in an up market. It's mm-hmm. the first time any of you guys in this business, including myself, and this goes back to that, I've been doing this for 24 years, right. for 24 years that I've been in this business, we've been in a down market. Mm-hmm. We've hit a few little bumps up and down, but when I got in this business in 1994, the uh, average interest rate was 8.5%. That was normal. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, we are going down, 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 down. We hit 3% when 
When it goes into 4%, people are freaking out, waiting right. for that 3%. Now, interest is going into the 5%, and people are freaking out, looking for that 4%. So, one of the things that we know for a fact is interest rates cannot stay. We've been saying that for years. Mm-hmm. Interest rates are going to go up. They have to go up. Every mortgage company is within a quarter of a point across the board, nationally. Uh, by the time you find that one guy who has the best rate... He doesn't have Rates the best. Up again. He doesn't have the best rate anymore. <laughs> right. But what you need to do as a consumer is realize that you're in an up market. You need to find whoever it is that you meld with the best. Get into a home. Get the interest rate locked down that you have now, yep. and get into the market. Do you realize how many thousands of dollars people are losing by not getting into the market? Oh yeah, it's crazy. We were yeah. talking about this morning the cost of waiting. You know, yep. We had the one client we talked about yesterday, $3,000 out of his pocket. That's just a cost. That's not a cool appreciation that he's losing on top of that right. for the next two to three, four years. You know, it went up to $8,000 if he sat on his hands. Yeah. So going through that and walking through your clients and showing them that is huge, especially when the rates, rates are going to keep on going up. So. And that's, that's the value that you bring to your clients. You know, like you said, the mortgage coach and being able to say, hey, this is this, this is how much it's going to cost you, how much you're going to save, how much potential growth. That's the value Greg Peckman brings to his clients, which is what justifies a BMW price or something of that. I'm not saying you're priced out of range by, by any means, but just saying the service that comes with it is a reason why you're a top producer. No question about it. So this is running. We're, we're way over on time, Greg. I know you got an event coming up here in actually 15 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and wind this up. Um, if you are a loan officer, that is currently the opposite spectrum. The loan officer that is sitting there at the company they're at, complacent with tools they are lacking for their growth, make a move. I know there's plenty of you, uh, plenty of people have reached out to me and said, hey, I'm stuck where I'm at. I'm loyal to this company because they made me who I am today. I'm afraid to leave, but I'm not closing any deals. It's time for you to buck up and take your loyalty, which is your family, and figure out something different. We're all here to help out. This by no means is a recruiting, hey, come work with us or anything like that. But if you ever have questions, I know Greg Peckman, Diane Joaquin. Joaquin. <laughs> I'll never get that right. I'm not Mexican. <laughs> no, I'm British during this podcast. I'm trying to get ratings here, guys. Another thing I stole the mic. <laughs> or Johnny Fowler. Any of us are here to answer those questions. So thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Thank you for tuning in to the AJ Nashville podcast. Episodes air Mondays at 6 and Fridays at 5. Thank you for your ongoing support. Please subscribe. Today's sales leaders face a difficult task, selling the right products at the right time through the right channels. A new three-day program from Harvard Business School Executive Education addresses this problem directly. Join us on the Boston campus in August for Managing Sales Teams and Distribution Channels, where you will discover strategies that can lead to the best sales performance. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me sales. That's hbs.me sales.